0: Here's a disclaimer.
1: Wow, really? Yeah, go. The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today
0: wow. on The Lab Report, Woo. Dr. Scott Scherr.
1: bringing in the energy, Michael Chapman.
0: I feel like I could have been Rod Roddy, you know? Yeah. I have all the jackets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the lab report. Rod Roddy is a deep cut for those prices right fans.
0: Oh yeah, well, I mean you gotta know who he is.
1: I did, but Okay, I'm I, got just I got a story. I got a story.
0: I'll tell you after the thing. Okay. After the thing. Right. Hello. I'm
1: Michael Chapman. How Patty, are you? I'm
0: great, Patty Davers. How are you? I am
1: living my best life. Are you? I am.
0: Okay, good. Well, this is a podcast. It's called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you, Genova, as always. Mm-hmm. And if you, uh, oh, it's a place, right? That's, right. that's what I'm supposed kind to do. Of what so, we do. It was, yeah, it, so we talk about health stuff. And it's like wow. functional medicine, specialty lab testing, mm-hmm. integrative therapeutics, precision medicine, integrative medicine. I'm a naturopath. You're a D.O. That's mm-hmm. basically the gist.
1: Yeah. And if you like health stuff.
0: Yes. Like Michael
1: so eloquently said, perhaps go to iTunes or Spotify, subscribe, rate, review, leave us some stars.
0: Stars are good. Yeah. And uh, if you have additional feedback, you know what? What? You know what you can do with that feedback? What? You can send it to us. Oh. Okay. You can send it to us at podcast at gdx.net. I That's thought that was going to go I know, sideways I, 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 there. I set you up there. Didn't yeah. I? Okay, so here's what's happening. Okay, college. Uh, I'm in the you know in Indiana, and we, me and a bunch of friends, drive up to Chicago to see a show. Uh-huh. And as you might know, uh, Chicago has a bunch of toll roads, toll right. highways, and stuff right. like that. And so at one of the toll booths, I stop and I dump the quarters in, and the lady just turned to me randomly and she said, "Did you know Rod Roddy died?"
1: <laughs> I'm not laughing because he died. I'm laughing at the randomness Yeah, of that
0: and I was sad. I was very sad. It sort of put a day in front the night. So, I mean, okay. it's just not somebody that so, you would think would be like the purveyor of well, <laughs> obituaries that like you're going to run in and get that sort of the delivery. Toe booth, yeah. The toll
1: booth, right. Well, I'm more impressed, number one, that you brought up Rod Roddy in the first place. That's a deep cut. Number two, not many people have an anecdote about Rod Roddy and know that he's from The Price is the Right. The Price so. is
0: Right has encircled my life. My first sentence wow. was legitimately, come on down. You can ask my mom. She tells that story all the time. That says it all. What are you on about? All right. That's our cue. Yeah. We need to get get to something yeah. here. Stop Focus, Michael. About Price is right. Focus. We'll
1: do. We're talking to Dr. Scott Share today. Yeah, Very this awesome. yeah, this is awesome.
0: This uh, is awesome. Good friend. And uh, we'll get into all the awesome stuff he's doing. With help optimization medicine, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just super, it's, that's better than health stuff.
1: <laughs> it and is, um, it is. with that, why don't we stop rambling about yeah. Rod Roddy and call Dr. Scott Scherr?
0: Scott Scherr, come on down.
1: <laughs> well, Michael, Patty. we are both honored to speak to Dr. Scott Scherr today. For sure. Yeah. Dr. Scott Scherr is a board certified internal medicine physician certified to practice health optimization medicine or HOME, and a specialist in hyperbaric oxygen therapy. He graduated summa cum laude from UCLA as an undergrad and magna cum laude with Alpha Omega Alpha Distinction from the University of Maryland Medical School. Dr. Scott is the founder of HOME San Francisco, the first HOME clinic in the United States, and he's also the chief operating officer of health optimization medicine and practice HOME slash Hope. USA, a nonprofit education company pioneered by Dr. Ted Achacoso. The home slash hope essential certification, plus two advanced modules in peptides and cannabis, is teaching doctors and healthcare practitioners how to detect and correct the root causes of health, not disease. Nice. Dr. Scott's clinical practice includes home as its foundation, plus an integrative approach to hyperbaric oxygen therapy that includes cutting edge and dynamic HBOT protocols, comprehensive laboratory testing using the home framework, targeted supplementation, personal practices, synergistic technologies, both new and ancient, and more. Dr. Scott lives in Louisville, Colorado with his wife and his four children. And with that, welcome to the show, Dr. Scott. Thank
2: you for being here. Thank you both for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dr. Scott, I first have to say you <laughs> were trained as a conventional MD mm-hmm. working in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, what in the world led you from <laughs> the conventional world to the doorsteps of Dr. Ted and health optimization medicine?
2: Ah, uh, well, it goes all the way back to the time of my birth. Actually, Whoa. I was the I was born the son of a chiropractor.
1: Uh. So now it all makes sense.
2: Say yeah. no more. I was like,
1: well, this is a long story. <laughs> <Next question.
2: laughs> yeah. Easy short story. Of course there's a longer story involved too, yes. but grew up the son of a chiropractor, a very successful chiropractor in New York on Long Island. And so I grew up in in the framework of his practice, which was I call the OG functional medicine, alternative medicine, jack of all trades kind of doctor. Hmm. He wasn't your crack your neck, crack your back and out the door. It was changing your diet, optimizing Exercise, changing physiology, doing all these other things that weren't just about what a chiropractor would typically be doing. And many chiropractors at the time, he's been practicing for over 40 years now, were like this. They were like your country doc without the medicine, Mm -hmm. right? So the, Mm -hmm. the idea that the body could heal itself. If you gave it the right tools, if you, if you use the right alignment and the right supplements, taking your diet in certain directions. And so when I was a kid, I was, I was always very much in tune with that. I didn't even know what a conventional doctor was until I went to college, actually, Hmm. when I had to get a physical for going to college or something like that. So for me, it started very early. And the reason I actually decided to go to medical school was because I knew that there was much more there than what he could actually do in practice. Mm. And I felt that if I learned the conventional side of medicine, I could somehow in my high-minded way, pie in the sky, 18 year old way, bring this whole thing together, find a way mm. to bridge this huge gap between alternative medicine, which was what was called at the time, there was no such thing as functional integrated at that time really. Mm-hmm. And then the, the gap between that and the allopathic or the conventional side. And so I went to medical school and it was a huge, shift, as you can imagine. And for me, it was in some ways in the beginning, it wasn't too terrible. It was just like studying and being in class and, and being a student and things like that. But as soon as I got to the wards and I started seeing, started to see how medicine was being practiced, it was obvious to me that I wasn't going to be a conventional doctor. Right. And right. so I finished up medical school. I learned about hyperbaric oxygen therapy during that time as well. And, and it was in my third year of training. I was at a shock trauma center. I saw this amazing technology that did these amazing things for really severe wounds, for infection, for burns, for carbon monoxide poisoning. And so I got involved after medical school in the field of hyperbaric medicine. And I kind of created a practice around that for several years. And then as I was learning and understanding that really I needed more than just hyperbaric therapy to help my my patients, it needed some sort of foundation. And so it was back in like 2015 and 2016 timeframe when I was really earnestly looking for what that was going to be. I looked into functional medicine, and I knew a lot of functional medicine friends that were in the world of functional medicine, and they really seemed to enjoy it a lot. But for me, it felt, it was almost a little bit unwieldy in a lot of ways. There was a lot of ways you could go. There was a lot of training. It was, and it felt very interestingly foreign for me as I was going through it and learning more about it. And then in 2017, I met Dr. Ted Atracoso, and Ted is uh, this brilliant physician, anti-aging physician. He's specialized in like a billion types of things, including informatics, neuroradiology, pharmacology, anti-aging medicine, nutritional medicine. And so he created this whole framework called health optimization medicine in practice or Home Hope for short. And it really resonated with me because it really felt very aligned with how I grew up in the sense of letting the body sort of physiologically recalibrate itself by using diet lifestyle supplementation but in a framework that was more health focused mm-hmm. than it was root cause illness focused like ted likes to say you know, disease is managed and health is optimized mm-hmm. and so we like to think of what we do at health optimization medicine in practice as optimizing health rather than treating disease and so That's how I got involved in the Health Optimization Medicine and Practice Framework. We set up a a nonprofit organization to create coursework for doctors and practitioners that wanted to learn this as well. Just a couple of years ago, now it's a 501c nonprofit, and we have coursework. We have an essential certification for doctors and non-doctors, as well as some advanced practice modules as well.
0: Nice. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, love there's that. so much to unpack there. Um, and we're going to certainly get to some of it. it. One of the things that made me think of was how, you know, your father is being a chiropractor, practicing really kind of the original principles and concepts of chiropractic medicine that are are so interestingly aligned. I'm a naturopath myself. So, you know, some, some of these principles about the body healing itself and, uh, sure. you know, removing the obstacle secure, like back at its original form, these two professions were very, very similar. I think that's interesting.
1: Yeah, and I will yeah. say, and I will say, I am convinced trained and came here on the back end of my career and found this. So so you're very fortunate to have grown up knowing this and to come at it from the way that you did.
2: I feel very lucky. And what was interesting about the transition from the chiropractic perspective, which is very feel oriented, very body oriented, to also now understanding the data-driven aspect that you can bring to the table when you're using a framework that is optimizing health and Combine them synergistically in many ways. The potential results that you get are just so much, so much greater. Because what I think was missing for me as the son of a chiropractor and learning in that framework, because I always felt that there needed to be more of a structure for it for me. And I really, I, I really have a lot of respect for people like my father and others that are really intuitive and have a really great feel. But I think if you can combine that also with a data driven way of of practicing, then I think that you have, I mean, it's it's the sky's the limit. And so I think what drove me to Dr. Ted's work and the and the practice that we've created in the nonprofit is that, well, what if we could bring this framework out to thousands of practitioners and doctors who are like me, they they really are interested in doing things not by the book. They know that there is more out there. There's more of a holistic way. I hate the word holistic. Everybody uses that word and integrative <laughs> now. I mean, right, these are right. kind of words. My father's clinic is a wellness clinic. This is back in the eighties, right? When mm. everybody, when it was a new word and everybody says wellness for everything, right, right, but, right. but I really do feel <laughs> that there is a a role for a practice, which health optimization medicine and practice I feel is, that's foundational to almost any other practice out there from the data-driven perspective. I like to think about it as your bottom of your pyramid in the sense that before you start treating disease and looking at root cause illness, obviously looking at conventional ways of treating things, unless it's an emergency, you really need to build yourself a foundation a metabolomic foundation of metabolites as, we, well, as what we really focus on in the work that we do. And then creating a a plan for people that uses that at the foundation. And then everything kind of builds on top of that instead of looking at it from the like the middle way in the sense of the middle way. It's funny I use that term, but anyway, uh, that's a meditation term. We can go into meditation <laughs> now. Okay, no, um, I don't want to make anybody go to sleep. Um, <laughs> podcast. That's the Buddhist way, right? The middle way. as yes, we say. Yes. Yes. Anyway, that's the great perfection. Anyway, I'm getting <laughs> sidetracked. So what I would say here is that the foundation of what we do in practice, I find is missing a lot of times because we're looking at that disease, that illness, that symptom, that issue, as opposed to setting those things aside for a minute and just optimizing health, that foundational health, and then building from there. And so that's what we try to do.
1: Great. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I know like, so you and Dr. Ted have created this health optimization medicine kind of as a specialty. And we've been right. talking all about these different paradigms, right? Like disease centered versus health focused and conventional <laughs> versus alternative. How do you frame this for the people that you're training? Number one. And number two, are you out marketing to, to teach this to them or are, have they already sort of bought in when they come to you?
2: So we are in the place now where the course has just been developed in the sense that the coursework that people can take and they can get certified to practice health optimization medicine and practice or home hope for short. And so initially as we were doing this, we were gravitated, I was gravitated to Dr. Ted's framework and how he was working with it in his own practice. And in an, in the initial several years as we've been building the, the framework in a in an intentional way for people to be able to take it and use it in their own practice. We've been doing it in a very small way. So having certain people get trained in it, learn about it, help us understand the best way to to teach it and things like that. But now we're really at the point where we're looking to market the course to doctors and non-doctors that are looking for an additional foundation, additional piece of their practice. So for me personally, that was, I was a hyperbaric practitioner. I was seeing people, and I still do see people, mostly virtually these days, all over the world, work with clinics all over the world, make hyperbaric plans for people, protocols for people. But what I also do now is if there's time, if that's not an acute issue where they absolutely need to get into the chamber right away, it's about, well, what are you doing to optimize your health prior to going in the hyperbaric environment? And I used to send people, and I still do, to functional medicine providers and other alternative providers, conventional doctors too, depending on what's needed, But for me, if I have the chance to bring them through a health optimization medicine framework, that foundation, then I know everything else is going to be easier when I'm looking to get them in the chamber and help them heal their brain injury or their their chronic pain or their Lyme disease or whatever it might be. So we are now at the place where... We're looking for doctors to join us. Really, I mm-hmm. mean, I, and I know that there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of different frameworks out there. But this is a clinical practice, and that's what's most important for. What was most important for me is that it's not just data. It's not just learning about new fields. It's about like what are you going to do when somebody's right in front of you? How are you going to help them? Mm-hmm. And so, and then that was really resonated for me because I'm a clinician. That's what I do. I help people all the time through the hyperbaric work. I still work part time as a hospitalist actually here in Colorado too. And so I'm in the hospital, I'm doing the conventional work. And I know that you need to get stuff done right away for people. And so that's what the clinical practice was set up to be is what can you do with somebody right in front of you, but in a way that's building that foundational framework for them so that they can be resilient to life stressors and to illness, infection, whatever you want to say along the way but it's built as that foundation. And we don't make any claims that we're trying to cure anybody's IBS or their Lyme or whatever it might be. And I still work with functional providers actually together with with the work that I do. And a lot of, and and I'm sure you both are, you resonate with this because Mm -hmm. we do use Genova testing a lot in our practice. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of functional medicine doctors that are using Genova in their practice, of course, Mm -hmm. too. Non-functional doctors that that are doing their own thing. So the, what's, what's different for us is that it's the framework that we've developed that you can just kind of fit yourself in very quickly, and you say, okay, this is how we're doing it. This is this is the framework. This is the perspective. And for me, as the son of a chiropractor, it fit in perfectly because I never really can I say this? I never really liked disease. To be honest, <laughs> I really I really like trying to keep people healthy. Sure. And, and try to optimize health. And that's what chiropractors try to do too. And I was like, oh, this is the perfect framework for me. I optimize health, I use data to do it, but it's the same perspective. Awesome, Yeah,
0: awesome. yeah for sure. Well, and that's a good segue too. I mean, um, when you're talking about the framework and approaching things from a wellness-based perspective, can you speak a little bit more about what the framework is and what some of those core tenets to uh, the home hope approach is?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the one, so Dr. Ted used this term, a couple of years ago, and it's very difficult to say. But I'm going to try to say it. <laughs> uh, it it's um, the term we use is called salu neo holobiontology. <laughs> <A long laughs> God
1: bless you. Okay. Um,
2: so, are you guys familiar with the the, the terms uh, salutogenesis? Yes. Salutogenesis. Mm-hmm. So, the idea of salutogenesis is that we're looking for the origins or causes of health, rather than pathogenesis, which is the causes of disease. Right. right? Um, so that's cellotogenesis. and then there's neotinization, the idea of bringing your your hormones and your nutrient networks back to your optimal state and so this is not to when you were a baby this is to when you were between 18 and 30 years of age for the most that might sound familiar to people listening because that's genova's range that you use for your testing which is very unusual most ranges when you're looking at laboratory analysis will include people at the very least, between 18 and 65. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you look in hormone optimization, you'll have people that you'll have like thyroid levels or TSH levels that'll include people that kids that are 11 till that you're 95, and then you have an average in there. Mm-hmm. So we don't want our clients. We don't call them patients because we're optimizing health. We don't. We don't want our clients to be normal for their age. We want them to be optimized to levels that would be optimal for their function. So. When can we procreate the best? When can we fight the best? When can we flee the best, run the best, play all the sports? And you know what I'm driving at here that's Mm -hmm. between 18 and 30 years of age. And so we call it in in our world network-wide range shifting. And the, the reason why we call it that is that obviously all the nutrients are in a network. Nothing works in a silo. All the hormones, of course, are in a network. So you can't just treat one hormone or optimize one hormone without understanding that it's going to have an effect on the other hormones in the networks as well. And so that's what neonatization means, is that we're, we're optimizing these levels using what's called this network-wide range shifting to the optimal levels that you have. And then the third concept is called your holobiont, holobiontology. Are you both familiar with this concept?
0: I think so. Just and I think can of also the kind etymology of get there the from, word. From yeah. it's, No,
2: it's an awesome word. And it's the one that I didn't know until a couple of years ago. The holobiont is another way to think about it is like it's your holo organism. Mm-hmm. It's not just your human cells, it's your everything that makes you up. It's sort of, like let's get all woo woo. It's like your aura, man. Like you have your, everything around you, like, and from the outside, it's your, it's everything outside. It's sort of, your light exposure. It's your water, it's Mm -hmm. magnetism. It's the toxins in your environment. It's uh, the makeups, the perfumes, it's the, the food that you eat. It's also the internal aspects of you as well Mm -hmm. that make you up. It's your cellular mechanics. It's your it's your ability to make energy. So it's your aerobic organism. It's your anaerobic organism. It's your, it's your hormones and it's your bacteria it's or your microbiota. So all of that, we call it your exogenous versus your endogenous metabolites. Mm-hmm. All of those things come together to create your holobiont, your holobiont. So we're not just looking at your human cells or your microbiota. We're looking at all of these things in combination. And that's how all the modules of health optimization medicine and practice have been set up as a way to address the aspects of your holobiont using the concepts of salutogenesis and unitization, neotinization. I can't even say that, but <laughs> These are some hard you get where I'm going. That's awesome. But, but I mean, yeah.
0: I hear all that and I'm like, I, I don't think you guys left anything out. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. You know, I think you captured it all. And like, if you are addressing all those things, then, and again, optimizing those things, then you can only right. imagine that somebody is well on their way oh, and sure. very empowered on their way to, to wellness and optimization, as you call it. Oh, for sure. And not
2: from a disease perspective. That's right. the key. Right. Not from a root cause illness perspective. Although I have a lot of respect for, for the doctors that do this. Complex medical illness is really not easy. And I have some friends that I have a lot of respect for that do this work. However, what I feel sometimes is missing is that we don't look at this foundational approach first, or at least in parallel to what we're doing to treat the Lyme or treat the chronic fatigue or treat the mold or treat the traumatic brain injury or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. We just go directly to hormones. We go directly to Lyme treatment. Mm -hmm. And not to say that we don't need to do those things, but if we did them more with a framework that I think we've created, and you're right, I think what we try to do Uh, Michael, was create a framework that encompassed what we felt was the entire foundation that was required, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's other things that you could use. I mean, some people would argue that you need to use genetics, right, or genomics as well to really create that foundation. We decided not to go that way, because we felt that metabolomics was really the key indicator because it's a real-time measurement of what's what is happening now and what has happened as opposed to genomics, which is what may happen in the future. Now there is certainly some data you can get from that, but it's not rubber hits the road, what you can do right now kinds of things. And so, and we also know that genes are obviously not our destiny either Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And so for us, this is the foundation. I mean, we have also the the, we also use epigenetics. That's one of the modules that we have in our practice. We use the gut immune system. The gut immune system is another module in our practice. Bioenergetics, which is mitochondrial function, light water magnetism, energy metabolism, exposomics, which is the study of the toxins in our environment. It's a relatively new science, but mm-hmm. really interesting. Everything from the the plastics and the uh, the estrogen and the other bio and the other hormones that we're getting in in our bodies because of all the the plastics and things like that the exposome and and how that's growing so fast. It's actually the fastest growing uh, omic, if you want to call it, because it's because the the toxins in our environment are not getting less, they're getting more. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have a module on evolutionary medicine. This is a really interesting one and a really important one too. Uh, Dr. Ted's module, this is the one that he built from the ground up. And it's extremely interesting. And for me, I think it's where everything kind of starts is understanding how our physiology evolved over time with the cell danger response, for example, how nutrients, vitamins, minerals, all the other aspects of the modules play into this. Mm-hmm. And then also the you know, understanding the fit versus function idea where, you know, we're fit for certain things, but do we function for certain things at the same time and like the antagonistic pleiotropy kinds of ideas, right? Where we're, where we're looking at certain things are really great for when we need to be procreating but they don't work as well when we're, when we''re older and we're trying to optimize for example. So really interesting module and, and one of the ones that I really have I just kind of blew me away when I when I first read it after Ted uh, created it. Uh, what else am I forgetting? Chronobiology of course so understanding circadian rhythms and other types of rhythms out there as well. So I think I've, I hit most of them there And then we have advanced modules in in peptides in cannabis, which we're a little more on the niche kind of thing, mm-hmm. but obviously blowing up in, in, in various markets and how they can be used. But again, we use the same framework for all of this stuff.
0: Yeah. I love it. No, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And it makes me think, you know, as you know, we're alluding to this idea of moving from disease-based orientation to wellness-based orientation or optimization-based orientation. But as long as you're solidifying that framework for people, it's almost moot, right? Because you would expect, you know, for the most part, a lot of these disease-based elements are going to start at least not, if not easing, but getting way better when you're optimizing that framework in a way that Absolutely. people have never, ever done before. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The way I, we like to think about it is that we already have out there a disease management plan so as a as a clinician you have a disease management plan for your patient with diabetes with high blood pressure with kidney problems with lyme disease but what's your health optimization plan what is that alongside your disease management plan so they don't have to be mutually exclusive you can have both even if you have cancer you can still have a health optimization medicine plan aside in addition to your cancer plan and before we got online, we were speaking about Nisha Winters, right? Dr. Nisha, mm-hmm. and she yep. has her own path of, meta- she calls it her terrain, her metabolic terrain. It's the same kind of idea where you want to get your house in order before you start, or at the same time as you're actually bludgeoning the system with chemotherapy or with, with oxidative markers, oxidative um, molecules, let's call them. And so for me, it, it rings true in a lot of ways because on the hyperbaric field, we're doing a lot of redox here. We're creating a lot of oxidative stress in the system. And so if you're creating a lot of oxidative stress in the system, you need to be able to respond with an antioxidant capacity. And so if you don't have that antioxidant capacity, you're not going to do well over the long term. Interesting.
0: Well, and on that note too, because I was gonna say we haven't really covered hyperbaric
1: oxygen therapy. I was just gonna say that we Uh, have, we have an expert in hyperbaric. Yeah. 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 And I know it's a bit of a
0: tangent, but I I was going to ask if you don't mind like getting a little bit more, um, into that. It's certainly invaluable therapy for a lot of different conditions, but I think a lot of our clinicians are probably still, you know, they've heard of it and that's about it. So can you talk a little bit about what HBOT is for those who might not know much about it and uh, what conditions you commonly use it for?
2: Yeah, it's it's a fantastic field. I've been around it, as I mentioned earlier, since medical school. And so what I would say is it's very simple technology. That's why I I felt so aligned with it so quickly. I'm not a complex guy. It's like what's simple and what's easy and can be so effective. And we all know oxygen is kind of a big deal. Oxygen is the final electron acceptor in our mitochondria. We make energy because we have oxygen. We make a lot more energy because we have oxygen as opposed to not having oxygen around. And when you go inside of a hyperbaric environment, you're flooding the body with super physiologic amounts of oxygen. You do that because you're combining an increased amount of atmospheric pressure with increased inspired oxygen. And so atmospheric pressure is simulated. So if you go under a certain amount of seawater, water water is extremely heavy and we simulate that pressure or that heaviness that you would feel under a certain amount of seawater inside the chamber. And pressure is actually vastly underappreciated even in the hyperbaric field, but it's extremely important in, in its own right because pressure itself is what Changes and shifts your physiology so you can drive more oxygen in circulation, and so with oxygen, you're typically regulated to how much oxygen carrying capacity you have with the number of red blood cells you have in circulation, and so red blood cells carry oxygen, they get to your tissue, they go to your mitochondria, etc. Right, and so you have a certain amount of red blood cells available, so the only ways to increase oxygen carrying capacity really are usually to increase the number of red blood cells that you have, mm-hmm. or if you increase cardiac output, that's also going to help a little bit, but to increase the number of red blood cells, you can either go hypoxic. So you can go altitude training because that's going to stimulate a hormone called epigen to be released from your kidneys. Mm -hmm. You can also take it exogenously. You can take it like Lance Armstrong and cyclists Mm -hmm. to build up your red blood cell mass, right? That's the other way you can do it. Or you can get transfused red blood cells, which is, which is something that cyclists will do for an extra edge as well. So that's typically how it works. Mm -hmm. Right, It works. Yeah. It does, but, you know, it's illegal if you're (laughs) inside
1: this. So Lance
2: finally got caught. He finally (laughs) laid it all to Oprah all those years later. Anyway, so the other way to get more oxygen in circulation is by to actually saturate the plasma or the liquid of your bloodstream with oxygen. You can do that when you create a pressure to drive that oxygen inside the liquid, the plasma of your bloodstream, and that's in a hyperbaric environment. And so the more pressure you give, the more pressure is translated to your blood vessels and to your lungs. And as a result, more oxygen gets inside those blood vessels. And so you can get up about 1200% more oxygen in circulation, even more than that at deeper pressures. But on average, like at two atmospheres, which is about 33 feet of seawater, you're getting about 1200% more oxygen in circulation. Right. And as a result of that, you have a downstream effect that's acute immediate when you get all that oxygen into, into circulation. And then you have all, the sort of downstream longer term effects that are occurring because of epigenetic modification uh, related to the oxidative load of the oxygen coming in. So, and that is the the beauty. And I think the overall benefit of hyperbaric therapy is related to epigenetic shifts, at least 8,000 genes or so. And so for me, it's, it's an amazing technology because you can use it in these acute situations, and it works fantastically well. Whenever there is an acute hypoxic event, whether it's an iatrogenic one, like you've had a surgery, for example, or if it's an injury or like a trauma, for example, like I, you can see amazing things. And there has been great studies in traumatic brain injury that are actually coming out now again in some new ones. Uh, what else? Uh, heart attacks, strokes, uh, spinal cord injuries, mm-hmm. acute traumas to limbs, you know, all these things you can see, if you can reverse these low oxygen states very quickly, you can see these people, these limbs, these areas of our body recover very, very fast. And so, but you're flooding the body with all this oxygen. So you're also creating lots of products of energy metabolism. So carbon dioxide, water, but also reactive oxygen species. Sure. And so what happens is that the body, and actually Dom Diagostino did some of this work in Florida with a couple of uh, colleagues is that after about three hyperbaric sessions, the oxidative load is balanced by an antioxidant surge. This is glutathione, superoxide, dismutase, et cetera, all these pathways that get Mm upregulated. So that's great as long as you have that capacity. Mm -hmm. And so when I was first starting in hyperbaric therapy in my clinics, I was having people that were feeling worse And for the first couple of treatments, that was normal because you'd have this antioxidant surge that could take a couple of days. But if they still felt worse after five, six, 10 treatments, because sometimes our protocols could be 40, 60 sessions long, then I knew that there was something else going on that I wasn't addressing. Mm -hmm. And especially people with chronic complex medical illness, saw a lot of Lyme patients initially uh, as well, like we'd actually have to find ways to mitigate the oxidative load so that they could tolerate hyperbaric therapy and also still get the benefit of being in the chamber. So, I mean, the, the I think for the framework on the hyperbaric side that I use just to round this out is that if there's the acute infusion of hyperbaric therapy and that's what happens with all that oxygen going in. And that's the long term benefit of an oxygen infusion protocol. But in general, what it's happening is that you're immediately decreasing low oxygen states. states so you're reversing hypoxia uh, immediately in the long term, actually creating new blood vessels in areas that have been injured. Second is you're decreasing inflammation and swelling, you're doing that immediately. And also over the long term, you're downregulating cytokines, inflammatory markers, et cetera, like IL 1, IL 6, uh, 12, TNF, alpha, all those kinds of things. Um, the third thing that's happening is you're releasing lots of stem cells. Stem cells get released from bone marrow. They start maturing in various types of tissue at the same time. So you're getting all this load of stem cells that create new architecture of tissue. You're killing bugs that do not like high oxygen environments and you're creating more flow into tissue and out of tissue. So that's your very quick primer. Wow. On wow. That well, sounds
1: awesome. well, I want to do it. I know. Right. Well, we know it's been around a long time and literature is, is rapidly evolving. I mean, the work you're doing, the work Dom Diagostino is doing. My question is, how accessible is this? And do you think it'll become more mainstream anytime soon?
2: The cat is out of the barn. Is that the expression <laughs> we use? I mean, yeah, there's, I haven't used that expression. I don't think ever. There's probably a better one. So, yeah.
1: the, cat is so out the cats the, are all over the farm. The I mean, you can't control yeah, them. It's,
2: They're just it's everywhere. The worst. It's a little bit like the Wild West right now, guys, okay. because there's been a lot of data that came out of a research facility in Israel over the last five years, especially on reversing age, longevity, telomere length, senescent mm-hmm. cell populations, uh, some data on Alzheimer's disease, stroke, but especially the stuff on longevity that's come out over the last several years. There's just been a huge interest in what hyperbaric therapy can do and how it can potentially reverse your age. I mean, there's been studies that show, these guys have shown that you can. they've done functional MRI scans where you can look at a brain before hyperbaric treatment, and then after 40 or 60 sessions, you can see the brain with all this new blood flow, and this is somebody that's in normal. That's not somebody that has any medical problems, Mm. but also in people that have traumatic brain injury and stroke, you can see these things too. But even people that are, you know, quote unquote healthy aging at 65 years or above, they have more blood blood vessels around their heart. So their VO2 max goes up. They have more blood vessels that, the increased density so that they get better erections and they have functional MRI scans of penises, mm-hmm. which are my favorite ones to show in lectures as you, as you can imagine. Yeah. Nobody knows what I'm showing. It like looks, just looks like a, like a, like a column with different, like with different colors right? and like an MRI scanner. I'm like, what is this? And nobody ever knows what I'm talking about. And then I show, yes, this is a penis. And you can, so they did functional MRIs of penises before and after to show how blood flow would increase after being inside of a hyperbaric environment. So, from my perspective, and again, mine is biased because I'm in this field, there's been a huge, huge like, like level of just interest in hyperbaric therapy over the last couple of years, especially during the pandemic, and now there's many more pr- practitioners that have these in their, in their offices, mm-hmm. and there's many more facilities out there that are providing this care. And, I work with a lot of clinics all over the country. I work with chiropractors. I work with biohacking clinics. I work all these different types of places that have different types of chambers, and that's also an important piece of it too. There's certain types of chambers that are good for uh, sort of more neurocognitive optimization, home use, wellness. Those are the soft-sided chambers, and you they go they go to less pressure there's less oxygen in them. Mm. And then you have the, the medical grade units, which go to deeper pressures, more oxygen, more pressure, more systemic optimization kinds of things. And so there's a lot of functional medicine providers that are having, that are getting these things in their offices. Mm-hmm. What I find actually is that they don't know what the hell to do with it. And mm-hmm. that's what I try to do is I work with these clinics all over the, the country, all over the world, really, to try to help understand how you optimize the, the types of things that you're doing in your office and how hyperbaric therapy can be an augmenting strategy and accelerating strategy. So like, for example, I have a guy that I work with, his, his name's Aaron in, in Maine, he's a a chiropractic neurologist and he's fantastic at what he does. And he's has like a bunch of, a bunch of chambers now. And he's found that his results are just ridiculously better Mm -hmm. because he's using hyperbaric therapy at the same time as using chiropractic neurology in the way that he does. And this has been my experience across the board because Once you give more oxygen to the system, you're creating the stimulus, as I described, Mm -hmm. and you're doing these other therapies or practices at the same time, it's a hugely synergistic perspective and a hugely synergistic outcome that you find. And and so that's what I've been, as long as, especially as I've started to now add in more of the testing and more of the data-driven aspects of of understanding how best to optimize people before they go inside the hyperbaric environment, Um, I've just seen my, the results of my clients just go up, you know, amazingly high. I'm just like skyrocketing, skyrocketing most of what I'm looking for. Much better. Much (laughs) later. Much more awesome. Well, how and much easier. It's just easier.
1: How long do these effects last? Like is this like an ongoing process or like what's the the rate of of getting this done over and over and over and over?
2: That's a really good question. It's actually so I was in Israel in 2018, and that's where a lot of this research was started. And a lot of the research over the last couple of years has come out from this particular place. And they did this whole thing of reverse aging protocol for hyperbaric therapy. So two atmospheres of pressure, which is the equivalent of 33 feet of seawater, 60 treatments, six zero, Mm. Monday through Friday, weekends off for three months. And they did all this testing beforehand, functional MRI scanning, uh, neurologic cycle, like neurologic scanning, uh, neurologic testing, um, neuropsychological uh, testing, uh, a bunch of other things as well. And then they did all that testing again at the end, and then they were able to show with this cohort, all the things that I just mentioned, erections, Mm -hmm. brain function, heart function, telomere length going up, senescent cell population going down. And so they were just at the early stages of doing all that when I was there. And I asked them the same question. I was like, well, what are you guys doing? How long do these these results last? And they said to me, they had no idea because Mm -hmm. they hadn't done the research. And in my estimation, and this will make sense to you both, if you're not doing anything different, if you decide that hyperbaric therapy is the only thing you're going to do, right, and then you've, you're still eating your McDonald's every day, or you're still not optimizing your health in, in these various ways that we know how to do, and we're using the framework that we have at Health Optimization Medicine Practice, very likely these results are not going to last that long. Mm-hmm. Now, how long? I don't know. Six months? A year? Two years? It's unclear. But if you're optimizing your health at the same time, and that was so amazing to me reading these studies, I'm, like looking at telomere length and senescent cell populations going down. And they did nothing except from going into a hyperbaric chamber for three months. That's all they did. What if you really decided to optimize their health mm-hmm. at the same time? Right. Number one, would you need as many sessions? Would you need 60? Right. I don't think so, to be honest. I think probably the sweet spot for somebody that's pretty well optimized is probably somewhere between 30 and 40 sessions every couple of years, probably, to continue to optimize and to maintain those benefits of being in the hyperbaric environment. And also like, not only is it like, could you also be able to sustain those for even longer, as I was mentioning, because you're optimizing your health. So shorten the amount of sessions and at the same time sustain that benefit for longer. So, but, and I, I completely understand what these guys had to do. They need, they wanted to make studies so they didn't change anybody's diets. They didn't give them any exercise to right. do. Uh, so I think there's a lot of potential there and that's where really got me excited. I was like, well, if they can see these kinds of results, with doing nothing else but just getting them in the chamber and then they were doing whatever else that they were already doing without changing it. What, what, what are the possibilities? What's the potential for doing more, you know, for optimizing at that foundational level? Yeah.
1: We got to yeah. get a chamber, Michael. We do. We're going to put it up here in the podcast room. I
2: know, no doubt. I got to undo my twenties. I can you guys. I can help you
0: out there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. So well, back to what we were talking about, um, with the, the home curriculum, you know, yeah. you you mentioned some of the things that you guys focus on, some of the specific modules, but you also just mentioned uh, that you use some lab testing and things like that to fit into those modules. So how do you see the lab testing fitting in um, from a training and a practice perspective as a Hope clinician?
2: So lab testing is extremely important. And as we were talking about before, it's really that foundational data that you can take and then you throw it into our framework in a health-focused way it's really where the power of what we do is. Now, of course, you wanna talk about diet and lifestyle and sleep and the basics of everything that go along with this, but using data to give people that empowerment and saying, this is where you are, this is where we'd like you to go, and this is what will happen as we take you through this journey. And so almost all the modules, but especially our gut immune system module, our epigenetics module, and our metabolomics module, metabolomics being our foundational module, those three are very heavily weighted in laboratory analysis and understanding that by looking at laboratory analysis, we can optimize metabolic function, we can optimize gut function, we can optimize epigenetic mechanisms of function using our major mechanisms of epigenetic modification, you know, methylation changes and coding DNA, or um, sorry, non-coding DNA, um, and, uh, and using those in a way that establishes the framework for people and at the same time gives them the data so they say okay this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to look at over time so so we oftentimes and what we've used in our course is a lot of demonstrations with the Genova material and and the reason for that is because as i was also mentioning earlier jenova is using ranges uh, that we feel are optimal and we can't find those ranges really in any other locations because most data. And I encourage anybody that's listening to talk to their labs and say, well, what labs, what lab ranges are you using? What normals are you using? How are you getting your normals? And that's a really important piece. And and when Dr. Ted started working with Genova over 10 years ago, it was because of this particular point, because no other lab was doing this. And so that's really where we feel so aligned with Genova as a a partner with, with the work that we're doing, because we know that these are the laboratory ranges that are going to be aligned with optimal ranges and and so you in in and on the hormone side we also do the same thing so dr ted has created his own hormone ranges that are similar to the mark gordon ranges and the terry hertog ranges of the world it's just a little bit different than that but similar in the sense of you're not trying to optimize your hormones to be 65 you're trying to optimize your hormones to be 25 Mm -hmm. to how you felt when you were 25 But not just your testosterone level, of course, it's all networked together. That's why we call it network wide range shifting or evolutionary values like vitamin D level, for example. So we know what your vitamin D level should be most likely because of evolutionary derived value, something like vitamin D. So for us, the laboratory work is absolutely essential as a way to show people where they are, use the framework in the context of that laboratory analysis, and then then follow it over time.
0: That's awesome. It's such an important point that you make, too, about the reference ranges and something that doesn't get talked about a lot. But, you know, even just the very basic concept of, you know, a a healthy population as compared to a global population. And that's that's certainly one of the things we've always focused on here. So I appreciate that recognition.
1: Yeah. And most clinicians and doctors aren't trained in the rigors of laboratory medicine. They don't even think to ask those questions, which is fascinating. But after all of that, Scott, you've completely sold me. And I'm sure you've sold all of the listeners out there. But the question now is, how do they sign up to work with home? How do they get to you? How do they get to the clinicians as part of your program?
2: Well, thank you. I I guess I did my job. (laughs) But but I mean, I don't see it as as that, as you both can imagine. I, I do feel very aligned with our mission and what we're doing. And I really do feel like we have something here for people that are looking for a way to practice health and a way to support their current business, current practice, if they have one. We also have tons of CME credits, by the way, for all of our modules. So you can get CME credits for everything. I think each module has on average about 30 to 35 credits, uh, sometimes more than that. And we have seven modules in the essential certification and the advanced practice modules. We have two of those. So we have like over 150, almost 200 CME credits available. So even if you were just interested in understanding our framework and learning about the modules and the the clinical practice within these modules, you could sign up and just get CME credit, and that's even a bonus because you need those anyway. Mm -hmm. But what we hope to find is that we have certain aligned clinicians that are looking for something that is health-focused that could support their practice as another way of obviously also making money inside of your practice, of course, as another way of, of virtually working with people, because this is a completely virtual practice. Mm -hmm. What I, what I think is really interesting that came out in 2021 was this article called metabolomics as the stethoscope for the 21st century. And so we've, now sort of transitioned i think in understanding that the wave of the future is not as much physical exam anymore but it's still certainly an important part of it especially for acute issues and things but over the long term it's going to be a data-driven approach that's looking at your entire spectrum of of omics let's call them your genomics your transcriptomics your proteomics your metabolomics all together but really the most actionable in all of that right now still is your metabolomics. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we use our framework. That's where we mostly look at optimizing cellular health, gut health, immune health, hormonal health. We use the metabolomic markers, we use Tests like the NutriVal or the metabolomics test from Genova, for example, to do that, looking at micronutrients is not just enough. You need to look at all the metabolites, the organic acid piece, and the minerals, and the and uh, and all the aspects that really are that contain the metabolomics itself. So, I'm hoping that there'll be doctors like me that l- are in the conventional space as well that are interested in looking at a new way of practicing that are not maybe sort of root cause focus as much, but just really wanna practice more on the health side Mm -hmm. that find that they can set set diseases aside and conditions inside and and just optimize health. And then all the beneficial things that happen as a result of that and have great friends that are functional medicine doctors like me that they can refer out to, to the complex medical illness stuff, or do both as well, if that's what you wanna do. Um, So I'm really hoping that there'll be people like on the chiropractic, naturopathic side, that are interested, that are kind of dovetailing their work and want to do more data-driven and perspective, and also on the conventional allopathic side, that are starting to dip their toes, like I was, into the unconventional, outside of the allopathic space, but are looking for a framework that's very similar to what they actually learned in medical school. I mean, when you're learning metabolomics, you're learning biochemistry again. You're learning mm-hmm. about the Krebs cycle. You're learning about macronutrients. You're learning about the urea cycle. Again, you're learning about fatty acid metabolism. And it's like all stuff that I learned in medical school. And, and I'm sure that you learned too, Patty and, and Michael as well, yeah. that you didn't think were actionable. that you can do anything. Why all am there. I learning? this? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like you had to memorize it. Yeah, that's all you did. But, yeah. but now there's like intermediates and you can learn all about all the inter- intermediates and how they interact with each other and all yeah. the amino acids. Yeah. And, and so my hope is that you know. With all that said, that we have a website. It's called HomeHope.org, and we have a introductory module that's free. It, you can sign up for it, learn about uh, learn about the the framework and the perspective. And there's a lecture in there from Dr. Ted giving about an it's about a seventy minute lecture. It's a long lecture that gives all of what I just said in a much more detailed, higher IQ way than I just <laughs> described it. But um, but it's really great way to kind of get it get your get a good understanding of things in a much more detailed way than we've discussed today. And then we have our modules. Each module is a standalone you can take one at a time, but our metabolomics module is our, our foundational module. And even some doctors may just want to take just that module, because if you just take that, you start practicing metabolomics along with your chiropractic or your nephrology practice, Mm -hmm. it's going to have a significant benefit to the people that you're working with. So I'm, those, the main place to go is homehope.org and to get some information and, and to start learning about what we do. And, and then what we're now creating is additional ways for you to access our team as we grow. And we're really looking for those early adopters right now, the people that are ready to do something different and to grow with us because we're small. We haven't gotten to, to critical mass. And I don't anticipate we'll do that for the next couple of years, but we're not looking to get there now. We're looking for the people that really want to do something different and really want to work with us to help grow this and as a as a global phenomenon. You know, our, our mission, as we like to say, is to be the like the butterfly flapping the wings in the desert that causes the hurricane, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Right. And so that's what we're looking to do is, is create this, you know, small fluttering that we really create a larger offering, you know, moving the needle over time.
1: This is amazing. That's awesome. This is like mind-blowing, Dr. Share, And we're going to encourage all the listeners to go to homehope.org, and we will link to that in the show notes. But before we let you go, Dr. Right. Dr. Scott Share, we do have one last question yeah, that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman.
0: Yes, this is our silly, ridiculous question per oh usual. Uh, and it's called the fireball, <laughs> the fireball because why not? And um, <laughs> this is actually a new question. I just thought of it, but you Uh-oh. seem like kind of i think you can handle this you seem like a pretty sensitive you you know you meditate Zen. seemingly and so yeah. i think you've got a handle on this one right. and so it goes like this what is the best smell on the planet
1: whoa whoa michael
0: that's
2: intense The best <laughs> that smell. Is, that on the is planet. an intense question well the first thing that comes to me which is interesting in a lot of different ways is campfire smell mm. the uh the smell of Of just the being around a fire in the evening in a campfire in the woods it just gives you that feeling of peace that feeling of of just grounding uh, i would say yeah so that's that's the first smell that comes to mind i would say is
1: uh That was yeah. profundity. That's a
2: great one, and I think that
0: fits in with the evolutionary medicine aspect profundity. too. so indeed.
2: Oh, well done. Well wow, done. wow, full He's circle, everyone. A host. I like that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: this show, yeah. this is awesome. And,
2: then, yeah, there is something to that, though, Michael, in the sense yes. of yes. getting back to our evolutionary roots in the ways, or at least understanding what those were, and then that's how we that's how we optimize and help optimization medicine practice. It's like we're not optimizing for the the man now or the woman now; it's the pale, Paleolithic man and women, which is most of our evolution up into that point. And so that's how we think of the perspective on the evolutionary medicine side. So I don't get to get around a campfire too often, but when I do, it's it's that feeling of grounding and that feeling of, I don't know, it just are you kidding? I'm like, it's the right place to be. I yeah, feel like yeah, I should yeah.
1: leave here and go build a campfire right now. We're saying Kumbaya. Right. Yeah,
2: come right. with us, him.
1: Scott. I, I
0: see us around the campfire as we're having this podcast.
1: Actually,
0: I so. I, I <laughs> I'll bring my guitar. I so. love
1: <laughs> it. I love it. It's great. Well, Dr. Scott, can share. We, we cannot thank you enough for spending time with us and, and giving us all this amazing information, encouraging everyone to go to homehope.org. And we're hoping you'll come on again someday soon
2: thank you. And then if anybody's interested on the hyperbaric side, they can just go to com. Yes. My name is a website <laughs> and you can find me there uh, on the hyperbaric side of life too. But thank you guys very much. It was really been a lot of fun. Absolutely. It's been a blast.
1: I have to say one thing, Michael, what's that? Not only was that a fascinating conversation, mm-hmm. super Zen, mm-hmm. but Dr. Share's voice is meant for podcasting. It's a great, isn't voice. it?
0: It's a fantastic voice. Right? Yeah. Uh, I I almost want to see if I can continually craft my my voice to be more like <laughs> Scott shares because it is very very smooth. I could I could see him telling a ghost story around the campfire yeah. with that voice.
1: Yeah.
0: Next time on the lab report, Dr. Kyle Gillette.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about hormonal imbalances in men.
0: Yeah, which is good. We don't talk about that. Around. No, we don't. Come? Eh, men. Right.
1: You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. All right, what was your favorite game that they played on The Price is Right? Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Um So many. I really like the dice game. You did? Yeah, that's a good one. Plinko. I mean, Plinko it's got to be up there.
1: Mainly the name and also the little... As it went down the little board. Wasn't there also this little game... Where it was kind of like this figurine that was like heading down the board. The yodel. Yeah. The, the, the yodel. The, mount,
0: the mountain climber. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember the song? No, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you remember that?
1: It's burned now. <laughs> in my
0: brain. Man, I watched a lot of that show. Don't forget to get your pet spayed and neutered.